Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. All right, what's up, Gypsy Gang? We're back for another episode of our Supercross Companion. We're getting down to the business end. I mean, we're way past the business end. Um, it's almost over. Uh, and especially with Cooper Webb's win on the weekend in New York, it now is essentially over. Um, but before we get into it, uh, I've got my producer, Mick, joining me in studio. Uh, before we get into it, a couple messages from our Sponos, bruh. Um, got more sponsors than a c-class loretta's rider right now uh not really um just got to give a shout out to the guys at boost mobile uh you can head to boost.com.au uh, and check out their ridiculous uh data packages uh they're on the full telstra 4g network um yeah we've been with these guys for pretty much a year we do so uh so much of our uploading uh through boost uh and then just the general ease of day-to-day life when you just don't have to give a rat's ass about data is actually very, very nice. Um, so yeah, boost.com.au. Give them a follow at Boost Oz uh, on the gram as well. They're always posting some super cool shit with super cool athletes. Um, also, the guys at Nobby Underwear, uh, you can join the Nobby Nation for just $20 a month. Uh, you get a free pair of undies every single month included in that. Uh, I am a massive fan uh, of their undies and it's been about the same about a year. I now have more uh, underwear than I'll ever need and it's pretty great because I'm not that good when it comes to washing. I don't really do do a lot of my own washing. Um, so I'll just kind of let that stuff go until I get down like my last few pairs of nobbies and then I'll pull the trigger uh, do a bulk wash and then I'm good to go. It is quite nice for underwear to be an afterthought in my life because I have a lot of other stuff that I think about. Um, also, the guys at Rival Inc. Um, have been a uh, part of this podcast for a long time. So just wanted to give a quick shout out to those guys. Uh, you can head to their website, Rival Inc. Design Co. Check out their graphics if you haven't got new graphics for your 2019 model bike yet. Uh, just a quick another sorry this is taking a while today uh we've got our new merch is available a new gypsy gang line uh this is the back so you can go to our instagram 
and there is a link. So go to at Gypsy Tales Podcast. There's a link in the bio and it will take you to our online store to get these new gangster gypsy gang shirts. Uh, the guys at Omen Printing did those for us. Um, so yeah, and also a bit of housekeeping as well. Uh, we are going to be doing this show live at the Blue Water Bar and Grill uh, on Hope Island uh, Sunday. We're going to be doing a live show for Vegas. We've got Jackson Richardson flying in from bloody Cairns. He going. Uh, he's going to be flying in. Sam Moore is going to be joining us. The OG Caster Couch will be returning uh, it's sitting over there, moldy as fuck right now. Um, we're going to clean that up, or maybe just leave it moldy and dirty. Uh, Mick will be there, Sam will be there, Jats will be there, a whole other bunch of uh, mad dogs will be joining us, and that should be a super fun weekend. We'll be watching the race live uh, and commenting with our nonsense over the top of it. If you've seen the Sam and Jats podcast, you'll know that it's going to be a laugh. Uh, or if you've seen Sydney, it'll be quite similar to that. Uh, Mick, how are you, mate? What have you been doing? Good brother, um, yeah, a bit of riding, a bit of, bit of watching Supercross, and yeah, that's pretty much me, mate, at the moment. Um, we were talking about the King of MX stuff before, and you wanted to give them a little bit of a shout out. What's going on with that? King for of sure, MX? Um, we've got a six round series, obviously, for the New South Wales state title called the King of MX. Um, five rounds into it, a lot of qualifiers have gone through. Uh, the sixth round is in Maitland on the 18th of May, 18th yeah. and 19th. Um, if you qualify into that, you get a golden ticket into the next, well, the final, which is in Nowra in June. Which is a really good track. Great track and 10 grand prize money for the king, 10 grand for the queen. And I think it's a 50cc Husqvarna for a junior, whoever wins the junior in the in the prize pool as well. Yeah, awesome. So it's, um, yeah, it's looking really good. Some great qualifiers through already. So uh, fingers crossed for a good round. Yeah, awesome. All right, so um, get on board. Where can they, is there like an Instagram or some, something for that? that yeah, definitely. Would? So just um, at King of MX for Insta and then the website at kingofmx.com slash events or something like that sweet as check it out if you want to go win 10k i would but i'm shit um all right so we had the i guess new york round of the weekend is what i'm calling the nail in the coffin weekend basically cooper webb uh does what cooper webb has been doing all year and that is getting a, a really good start and just watching everybody else crumble like a house of cards around him uh namely marvin musquin which went who went down the first turn and then eli tomac who went down in the exact same way twice Twice. in the whoops um so the riddle of eli tomac and whatever the hell's going on with him i just i don't know i just think that's him now i think that's just what we expect from him in supercross um yeah it's just it blows me away but he's now yeah he's out of the well he's not he's mathematically still has a chance to win um but is it 23 point lead yeah i think it's 20 it's i think coop just has to qualify for the 20th in the main event yeah this yeah i think it's 23 point lead or something so Mm. brutal track again um which was like i think it was a good track for racing like i enjoyed the night but I don't know whether I enjoyed it for the track or if I just enjoyed how much drama was kind of unfolding for the night. Um, it was a race that, you know, what's a good supercross race? Like what my benchmark is for like a good supercross race is when I'm texting my friends. Yeah. During it. Very true. That's like my yardstick of like, is this a, an exciting race? And 
I was in like a text combo with three different friends uh, yesterday when I was watching that main event. And actually, I want to read. I want to see what I wrote. Um, I think it was just something along the lines like, dude, how good is Coop? Um, when he just, cause he was sort of struggling like all night. He wasn't like doing awesome. Um, and then he just comes out and gets the whole shot again. And it's like, ugh, people want to say luck or this and that. But it's like, it's not luck when you're just getting that kind of start every single weekend. Consistent now, isn't it? And it's just like, um, I think ugh, Armandinger, AJ Armandinger. I love when they have him in the booth. Um, <laughs> What did I say? You watching the race, bummer for Faulkner. Um, I wrote, Coop is unreal. And that basically sums it up. Like, he was just... There's just nights where it's like, you just don't think he can win. He probably doesn't think he can win. And then he wins. Yeah, he's built a season on it, hasn't he? Yeah, he's now built a championship on Mm. it. It's crazy. Um, And Danny Stevenson, that's his name, right? The uh, One of the the field commentator. Mm-hmm. He was saying, and it was something that I was thinking as well, is that he has like that clutch gene where it's like the pressure doesn't, like it brings the best out of him. Mm. And I mean, I know like in my sporting endeavors, I don't like the feeling, which I sort of, I do feel at the moment with my jujitsu stuff is like, I'm at the, I'm at the end of my belt competition wise. So it's like, I should win. And every time I do win, I feel like uncomfortable with the pressure of everybody thinking that every time I compete, I should win Mm. because it's, it's hard. Like I don't personally like to deal with that pressure. I'd rather be in the next belt and have no one expect that I can win and then pull off an upset. But Coop is the other way. And that's obviously why he is a professional athlete and Mm. I'm just fucking nobody. But it's like, he wants that. They, those kind of guys, like they want that crazy pressure of like, I should win. Mm. Now I will win. And that, that to me is just like, it's so heavy to like, that's like a weight you have to carry through an entire season. And he just gets to that start line and it's like, he's just doing it every single weekend. And I mean, it's, he did that in the 250 days and it just, you get those guys when they go on like those two, three championship runs in the 250 class and it just doesn't matter where they start. It doesn't matter if they have a crash in practice. It doesn't matter if their bike is not good. It doesn't matter if it rains. They just win. Mm. And you'd see Villapoto do it. You'd see Jeremy Martin do it for a couple of years outdoors. Uh, you obviously saw Dungey do it. So, and then Coop, that was what he did when he was there. And I... I was in the States for Coop's uh, Supercross championships and sort of around. And there's just a level that he carried himself when he was winning those lights championships. And you could just see that that confidence. And for the last two years, it just wasn't like that. Like mm. it was it was a dude that was searching and he's just got that, that feeling back. He's got that vibe about himself. Uh, and it's infectious and momentum in its very nature it just keeps going it's you accumulate it's that Mm. snowball effect and i think that that's what we've seen with coop this year is that he won that triple crown 
And it's just been this snowball that has just kept rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling. And like, it was funny. I had someone uh, DM me on Instagram and he said that he's like a, he's like, fuck Coop. You know, I was over him as soon as he did like the gun thing to Ken. And I was like, man, you know how much Ken Roxon is my boy. Like mm. I fucking love Ken. But when Coop did that, I was like, all in yeah i was all in because i'm like that is swag that's a vibe that we're that that's the kind of stuff that like you see that in the nfl mm. you see that kind of bravado and that kind of like alpha male assertion and it's like that's the kind of shit that starts to like generate this momentum for people and i was just like dude that's really cool and it was cool because he the guy that messaged me was like oh, okay i can i can see that mm. But it's like, that's the stuff that, like Pastrana always says, winners win. That's the kind of stuff where it's like, dude, you're a winner. Yeah. Like, that's winner shit. You, you know, no dude that's losing's coming over the finish line doing that. So, yeah, crazy, crazy weekend and such a crazy scenario that Coop is, you know, a heat race away from fulfilling a dream and doing it in a time where realistically he shouldn't hired as the B rider development year, all that new bike, figuring this out. New crew chief. Yeah. New, yeah. New crew chief, yeah. like everything. It's like, it doesn't matter. I'm going to win. Mm. So, but it was, you know, what's crazy. I was watching, um, they did a little segment yesterday during the broadcast of Coop talking about, um, how low he was at Yamaha mm. when he was having all of those struggles and he said that everything turned around just because Roger DeCosta picked up the phone wow. and called him. And he was like, well, if that dude sees something in me, there must be something there. Mm. And it's like, I personally don't... I personally don't, like, have a reverence for, for DeCosta in that way. Like, my dealings with him has just been like... Mm real take it or leave it like the guy's never been very like hey how are you you know like there's not, not warm nah there's yeah. no warmness there's no interaction and it's like for how much i was around him i just was like there eh, should be like just a general level of like being polite and like you see someone all the mm. time like we're at the test track every day and it was just like eh. and I, that to me like I mean, obviously, you don't expect anything of a guy like that in terms of, like, he doesn't owe you anything. But it's, like, when you're just around people daily, you just tend to, mm. you know, there's some kind of small talk or some kind of, yeah. like, you know, just to be pleasant makes the day go better. I don't know. So, it was just weird. Like, I, I just never saw it. And I didn't see anything at the track where he would work with people or say different things where I'm, like, that's why he's the man. So it's like that, but there, there is something just because I think that doesn't mean that there isn't some special source that he's got because you look at what he did with Dungey, he's essentially done the same thing with Coop now, really like kind of taken him from, he was a B class 450 rider, essentially, like he wasn't out there doing what he's doing now. And to just have one conversation with the guy, sign him to the team and then bang, here we go. This is the fucking champ now um but yeah it was interesting to watch coop say that about da costa and attribute his 
uh, you know, changing everything that was sort of going wrong to like mm-hmm. that one phone call and, and look how powerful it was. It's quite interesting like, that you've sort of mentioned that these, uh, we'll just say team manager or that sort of role, they sort of created their own aura sort of around them though. Yeah. Mitch Payton. Yeah. A lot of feedback would be the same sort I of I get it with Mitch though. Like Mitch yeah. is a cool fucking cool dude. guy, dude. Like he's so cool. And like when you're around Mitch, Mitch has that aura. There's an aura around Yeah, like there really is. And he's so cool and like he's so direct as well to where you can see that he just calls it how it is and he's not but do you feel that'd be the same with roger i feel like there's just this build-up of respect and there is this aura and like he just he doesn't say a lot wow and i think that it's probably just this thing where it's like uh the international man of mystery almost (laughs) it's like he doesn't really say anything so when he says one thing you're just like oh there's a gold nugget that's just dropped (laughs) yeah and that's that's the vibe i get off about roger but i get it with mitch dude yeah i get it with mitch like he is a cool dude and like the people have like such a a respect for him um yeah i mean when you it's hard to explain mitch but you get around mitch and you really feel like there's a presence that that he has Mm. and with roger it's he's so meek and quiet and it just i don't know and he's old too like he's really getting old he is old now so but it's like it's obviously relevant like what he talks about but i think the thing with um i think the thing with coop is that like it was a big red bull push man to get him on that team so i don't i don't know the ins and outs and blah 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 but i think roger's gonna get way more credit for the cooper thing that not that like that he should but I know that it was like a huge Red Bull push because Coop has been essentially Red Bull his entire life mm. until he signed with uh, Star Racing and they were Rockstar. So if you take that those couple of years out of the equation, he's been a Red Bull dude for life. Mm. So I think it's been a plan for Red Bull to get Coop back on their program for a, a long time. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how much credit should go to Ross Roger. Obviously, you know, he's, he's done a lot. Um, but yeah, I think initially that big push to get Coop on that bike was like, that was a big Red Bull push. And the the Red Bull influence, and you know more about this side of it than myself, but the latest Moto Spy, we, you go into the Red Bull camp with Ken Roxon. Yeah. And obviously the influence that red bull has within the sport with their athletes is huge as well isn't it oh development wise for them they they care yeah like they really care like the there's people at red bull i don't know how much of this stuff like people know but a company is just the people that it employs right Mm. and there are people at red bull that just care so much like their job's not to sell cans like red bull just employs these people to like look after these athletes so there's a culture at red bull of like look just looking after people Mm. and i mean dude it was even the same for us like film wise like after straight rhythm the first time we did all the film stuff for that 
they had like a party bus they had like all like they just take care of you like everyone's got a hotel room so it's like there's a real culture in that company and the same people so it was like jeremy malott that was the red bull jams guy which was like the junior amateur motocross um i don't know if the s means anything but like jesse nelson was in it um i think ian treadle was in it cooper webb was in it so uh was savachi in it anyway they had like this group of amateurs that was in um the red bull jams so it's like jeremy was in that from day one like he still works there so like he's known and worked with cooper and sponsored cooper essentially since he was like 11 or 12 years old so yeah there there is such a crazy culture around uh around that company that like they really care and like when it was the same with james dude like when james signed to monster cowie Mm. like they were all the red bull people like they were tight like that was just a really unfortunate deal going from chevy trucks to monster energy and mm. there was like it's an awkward thing but like there was always a plan to get james back in red bull and i think that that was a part of like the collapse of the whole cowie thing like how do you win a get a perfect season win a championship in the supercross get a perfect season in motocross and then leave the team you know so like it always caused a rift yep. between them but yeah like you're right you know you see ken it's like it's not like red bulls just there going like we need results we need results it's like the people that are at red bull hq and like the facility and the testing and all the stuff that they do like all of those people have like known ken for years and they all just want him to be better as a person and like just to help mm. and i think that that was like a similar situation with like with cooper it's like oh fuck we just got to get him got to get him back on our program we can help him we can you know and then they put those uh steps in place to get coop back on a kate or like back on red bull mm. and it's like pretty crazy what's happened you know it's been amazing for him dude even um even berriman like have you seen tyler berriman post stuff yeah. of like him at the red bull institute right now he's been back there since he was here yeah and he like re basically rebuilding himself hadn't he yep and like the amount of effort those dudes put into a free rider yeah like they just genuine red bull cares about their athletes like it's sick to see and you know tyler's been putting in like huge effort to rehab and like all the massage stuff that he's going through like it's gnarly the amount of work he's putting into that rehab it's huge like without those brands sort of behind the sport too we, we wouldn't see Dude. the sport elevated to where it is now oh by far it's it's improved it so much yeah 100 percent. um so kind of got a bit off track there but it was good um so yeah marv's out mm. essentially he's done uh i wonder how he feels now about playing the uh protector of coop yeah. i wonder if that's gonna go down probably not eh? i reckon he's like he'd have to though like i wonder where their relationship is at that now that the championship is off the table for marv does he like because savachi we even saw savachi line up on the inside this week mm. like way inside so it's like is he doing that to try and because it went like it went savachi and then coop was near the doghouse and then i think eli was like a little bit over so it's like they even kind of using that strategically um it was interesting at the start of the main i wonder if um 
Because, like, Eli was out in front, but he wasn't, like, pulling away from Coop. He was sort of doing what he did to Dungey last year. Mm. Um, and I'm like, damn, like, I wonder how this is going to go down. And he, he had a few aggressive passes, but they didn't really make contact. Um, but, like, it's not, it won't, it can't happen like this at Vegas because Coop, like, what's Eli going to fuck around with Coop in 20th yeah. to, like, try and make him, like, essentially has to DNF the main. Yeah, that's it. And like, what what year was it? Sixteen was it? The Dungey one where Eli tried to slow it down and bring it back. I think that was court? last year. No, not last year. Sorry. So, yeah, it must have been seventeen. Yeah, the year before, I think. Yeah. So yeah, it was seventeen. So I can't see. Why would you last year? I'm talking about Anderson one last year. Yeah, it was seventeen. You you can't. You, I just don't see how you, how you without um, Webb being taken out or something happening. To yeah. The bike, you just go out and win same with um marv yeah what's he how does he block it at this point apart from in the heat well he doesn't even yeah it doesn't even really have to eh no apart from in the heats trying to keep him protected to get through to the main yeah i don't know it's a yeah it'd be a and it'd be a weird one at this point for like any kind of for like eli to do anything weird Mm. to where he'd ruin Coop's lead because it's like 23 point like you'd, you'd really like you'd have to take him out of the race so like I wonder what the mentality is of this race like does it mean anything it's it's almost like Coop would just have to DNF like Coop has to lose in a way yeah. like it just seems like seems like there's nothing really to race for in a in a way like I don't know it's a, it's a weird one because the lead's so big that he just needs a couple points mm-hmm and it's like if you take him out then it's crazy obvious but i wonder what the game plan is for coop like does he just get a mid-pack start and just literally cruise around for 20 laps yeah it's a weird this is a weird supercross final because you know with dunge like in 17 it's like he had to get you know i think fifth or sixth from memory yeah if eli won um so then it's like you're still racing and you're dealing with teammates and you're like you're in the mix big time but with this it's really like he can coop can just ride around in 15th and it's a sad end to what has been one of the better seasons in i don't, I don't yeah. know if it's like it's i think it's an interesting end yeah like we're not gonna see like it sort of is a bit anticlimactic but it's gonna be interesting to see the way they play it mm. yeah yeah, I, I don't know. What do you do? Do you try and... Because that was the Tomac thing the other year. Try and slow that pace right down. Exactly. Bring, which bring which he tried together. to do that. He tried to do that on the weekend. Mm. And it ended up like... Well, I mean, he sort of took himself out. But it was like quite chaotic at one point. Like they had... Um, Osborne was in there. Then they had... Um, they had Baggett was in there. And then Eli, obviously. So... When Eli crashed, then it was Coop and Osborne battling, and then Osborne kind of went up into the berm. Like, dude, even even like you want to talk about luck, like make your own luck sort of deal. The the way that Osborne sort of crashed or went up off the track, like what happened to Kenny at, at Nashville, mm. could have so easily have happened to Coop just by Osborne rolling backwards down that down that berm mm. but nah Coop just comes out smelling like roses like just misses him it's like dude come on can you do anything wrong yeah it's crazy how's that save though from Osborne 
dude. That he, is. He was flying, bro. Like, mm. he looked... I wondered with Osborne because his style was so, like, just steer it with the rear wheel. Yep. And dudes that do that on a 450, like, especially little dudes, it just seems like it's loose. Like, Jeremy Martin kind of has that a little bit as well. Mm. And it's like, I feel like you can do it pretty well on a 250F. But as soon as you get on the 450, it's just too much bike. Mm. And it's like to be constantly dancing with wheel spin in that in that way. Whereas you see a dude like Dunge, it's just all traction. Like you watch Dunge at the test track and the way he'll come around a bowl turn is you can see the individual tire marks, yep. like the knobbies that are coming, you know, following him around that turn. Whereas with guys like Oswald, it's just da 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 the whole thing. So you're like... How can this work on a 450? But like he was riding with that same 250 style and he was flying in that in that race. Good intensity too. Like just consistent. Yeah. Yeah, he was. So yeah, it's good to see him coming back through. Like he obviously had a real tough uh, start to the season. Yeah, in, that was injury. A, yeah, that was a hard start like to to break your wrist in that in that way and miss the first 7 rounds and then play catch up like that's one of the worst ways you could start a rookie season uh, mm. in the 450s. But definitely like vindication for him to come back. And he's another example of a guy that Bobby Hewitt has just put so much effort mm. and time and was rewarded. You know, and like I've said it on here a bunch of times, how much of a, a total legend I think Bobby Hewitt is for the way that he sticks by guys. Um, and Zach is another one. Like if you, you got to look back at Zach's career, like he went to Europe for a few years, mm. you know, he was the, the amateur, um, just had nothing, nothing doing and ended up having to go away and has now come back, won a couple of championships and, um, now podium on the, in the premier class. I think he, he could have easily won the race. The coupe didn't have, uh, the same speed for him tonight. Uh, sorry, uh, last night in New York. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he could have easily been a winner in the 450 class. Do you think um, parent company, we've got KTM and Husqvarna, two totally separate individuals, would there be any... Yeah, for sure. There would be? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that... Um, I think we sort of saw that at the start when Eli and webb were battling you didn't see zach get in the mix mm. i think he was more playing like a bit of a roadblock in a way putting a bit of pressure on eli uh, but once it was coop in second uh, we didn't really see zach making sort of moves yep. on him uh they're friends too like big time friends um and I, then i think once eli crashed then it was a matter of like okay i can sort of pass him clean and now i can race for a win um but once that was, you know, kind of uh, obviously the crash sort of took that off the table. But I think it, I think it was evident, and I think at Vegas you'll see that as well. I think you'll see uh, Zach sort of do what he can to sort of help him out. I think Marv will be the interesting one, like what what Marv will do. Um, and I think it's interesting, like just what Marv will do in general, man. Like something has to change. But I don't know. Does it though? Like, if if we're looking at it, he's been on the best team with the best bike f in the premier class for X amount of years, mm. and he hasn't won. He's come second. He's come third. He's been right there. 
I mean, have we even seen Marv with the points lead? I don't even think he's had the points lead. Yeah, I don't know. So it's like something is, if you're that close, and like I'd say for the majority of the races this year, he was the best dude. Yeah, yeah, I I agree on. Especially in that mid part where you were saying Coop had that slump. Yeah, he was the best. He was fast, but just something's missing. Has these little glitches Mm. (laughs) really it's and it's a shame because he's probably been the fastest dude yeah i'd say so and it's yeah i mean though obviously went down the first turn this weekend that's sort of it's not like he really had that much of a chance anyway i just wonder what he has to do Mm. you know like does he have to leave alden's and get a fresh start with some somewhere else duh yeah i don't know man but like he lives in claremont like that's his house is like his life is based around the baker's factory Mm. and him and alden are extremely close like i would i think that dunge alden and marv had like a really good thing going there's a a bond between yeah like they were close like it went a lot further than a just a rider coach sort of relationship i think that and probably more than he's had with other people like those guys really because i think that you look at dunge and marv um probably two of the dudes that bought into the program the most Mm. so it's like when you believe in what your trainer's saying that much then it's like you know you're obviously going to get favor from your trainer yeah It, it sort of just makes sense um but yeah, so I was like, I just think it would be so hard for Marv to leave if that was what is kind of going through his head. But it's like, does he even need to leave KTM? But like, how do you leave the best bike? How do you leave it? And what, what's actually open for next year? Well, what's I think it? that JGR would have a spot. Um, but like, yeah, where do you even go? Like, I think be interesting to see like i need to put the feelers out and see like what is really going on with the contracts and where people are at in terms of this silly season um obviously they're going to keep marv uh ktm should he want to stay there um i'd say that you've got pike and hill and chad at jgr I could honestly see Chad going around again and I would think that it would be a smart decision for them to keep him on. Yep. Uh, I think he gave them their, well, their best results this year mm. and fan favorite wise, like he got so much, you know, promotion Brings for the team. Brings a lot to the table. Oh, so much. Yep. More than anyone, more than any other rider. Yep. Um, but yeah, like they, they are going to need like a top tier dude and it's like, I wonder where they're at, like, program-wise. Like, how much longer do they keep doing it Mm. without winning? It's like, I think they really need to win some main events. Like, like, you know, if you hire a dude like Marv, you're guaranteed to win, like, five mains for the year. Yeah. Or four, you know, three, four, five mains for the year. Which is what you need to do for sponsors. Like, you need to win. And the Suzuki, like, we've seen when Chad was on it. It looked like a really good package too. It, it is. A, yeah, it's it a is good a good bike. bike. So, but even dude, like I was talking to Todd yesterday, Waters. Yep. And he was just saying like, dude, why would you buy anything else? Like he said his Husky, his mm. DPH Husky that he's on right now. Yep. I think he even said his stock Husky, just completely stock as is out of the box was better 
than the bike the hrc bike he rode in europe it's crazy like that's ridiculous what feedback especially for someone like todd yeah and he's my friend like been my friend my whole life like he's not talking shit to me yeah proper feedback like that's huge and i know you rode one at transmoto last year on the enduros Mm. i've ridden the latest one as well it's a good yeah they're i don't know nothing about bikes compared to someone like todd but it's a fantastic base package yeah they're unreal yeah so yeah i don't know like hard to leave yeah how would you leave but it's like what he's doing Mm. isn't like what do you change then like you got theoretically the best trainer you've got the best tracks you've got the best bikes like what if your wife, what do you change your wife's part of the crew your she's wife's she's, she's she's there like part of the whole program yeah everything's familiar like what yeah do you do? And it's like in theory it's like it's all great it should work yeah, yeah it's uh rainbows and fairy tales but mm. he's not winning the championship ever mm. So it's like, I don't know, man, that's a, that's definitely, and they're they're like, they would be super hard questions to ask, like to be really, really objective about it. They would be hard questions to ask Mm. yourself. Like what is missing? You remember we had the conversation with Corey, Corey Parker a little while ago about getting on the team bus. Who's a win, who believes they can win every round. That's an that's probably a really interesting one with that as well. Like if you've got your teammate being Cooper that has been so dominant again, do you go into the weekend thinking, oh, geez, this is going to be... You've trained with him all week. You know you he's been fast that's at the test the, track. That's the problem, man, is that they're training together because the games, like, the games that they play with each other, like, they don't... Like, so, Coop and Eli, they play a game with each other on the day. Mm-hmm. Coop and Roxon, they play a game with each other on the day. Yep. That's... And it can... It can be won or lost. It can be figured out quickly. You can, on the day, you might be feeling better. You might be feeling worse. Like you might lose that battle, win it here and there. But those two are playing that game with each other Mm. over a week, every week. And it's like that constant grind of like being against that guy. And I can tell you from knowing Marvin and Cooper, Cooper is a dog. Mm. He is a straight up dog. And when you are in a dog fight, yep. bet on the dog. Because mm. Coop is, he lives off that, that, uh, that back and forth, that mental game, that posturing, the peacocking, like that kind of alpha male shit yep. that is going to be what gets in somebody's head, which is going to grind somebody down. Like everybody's got that dick around the office that he's not necessarily an asshole to you, but just you feel his presence mm. and you want to avoid being around him. You, you, you want to spend as little time around. You don't know why, but there's just, he's got that presence that, that beats you. And I think that that's what Coop would be doing to Marv. Marv's a soft guy. Mm. Marv's a nice guy. He's a super, super nice guy. But what's the oldest saying in the book? Nice guys finish last. Yeah. And Coop is a dog. Mm. He's a dog with a bone. And he don't give a fuck. And I think that why you're seeing, you know, you're seeing that sort of, those battles that take place, those mental battles, the momentum each weekend, like who's, like it used to be, who shows up at track walk 
who's strutting around track walk who's laughing who's got that confidence who's who's the guy that you're like shit he's on today mm. you deal with that in like these really small increments and then you deal with it with like free practice one qualifying second qualifying you're only dealing with it in like these small increments so that battle that battlefield is less and can be won or lost easier and then it resets again the next week there's no fucking reset with marvin coop that's just a grind man and like marv being that soft sensitive dude i just can't see that grind like not affecting him eh? Mm. and with dunge like he didn't have to deal with that at all and like ando ando's got that same sort of thing as coop but not as like nasty i don't think Mm. ando's more of like that uh like the cool dude where he's everything's kind of coming easy to him and he, he's still laid back, but he'll just beat you with like, you're just like sick of how good he is, yes. if that makes sense. But it's like, you can't fault him for that. He's relaxed, but measured. Yeah. Really, isn't he? Like, yeah. Like he said on the show, he's me- oh, there's he a lot of theory super there. calculated. Yeah. Calculated. But yeah. he's not doing anything that's like to get to you. No. Whereas Coop will just, it's all these subtleties, man. It's just constant games that's like fucking mean. And when are they when are they apart? Just the flight? Yeah, that's like, what I mean. Like and then they, they go home and then like Sorry, I'm just gonna check this. Um yeah, so it's like then they're they're um they're just every day. It's just and can you imagine it's like that you know, put your head in like that workmate thing. It's like you know you've got to see this guy every day. Mm. It's like how much is that taken away from you? And it's like this is complete speculation. Like they could be getting on like a fucking house on fire. I don't think that's the case. I think what we're talking about is happening. Mm. But it's just, it's it's interesting. And it's like, you know, Marv's been with Alden for so long. Coop's only been there a year. Coop comes in and wins a title. It's not like Marv really has like a leg to stand on to say, I want him out of here. Mm. Because last time that happened was Ken and Dunge. And Ken and AC left. Because it was like, Dunge was the golden goose egg and it turned out to be right he won four championships with yep. with Alden and Ken's won zero uh, Supercross championships but it's like how does how does Alden say no and like man money talks too at the end of the day and it's like that's where the when you win you get paid essentially yeah yep. so that's team's paid everyone's got got money then mm. and then it's like how does that even change the dynamic at ktm like i know that you know when toby wins a dakar versus when he doesn't win a dakar it's like weird you know you get in favor with people mm. so it's like now that favor is going to be massively in cooper's hands so it's like you think about it it's starting to look like a bit like the the whole sort of dakar thing you know KTM's won that for what 16, 17 years in yep. a row. So you look, you've got Dunge's four titles. So mm. that's KTM. Yep. You've got a Husky. That's KTM. Yep. And now you've got another KTM. So what are we looking at? Six years of KTM's winning this championship. I know what those Austrians are like. And if you look at what the, they're like with the Dakar stuff, they like, they need to win that championship. Yep. That's it. Yep. They don't care about nothing else. They don't care which rider does it. Mm. It just needs to be one of their dudes. And we're slowly getting to that point in time where 
that company is like needing to win these championships. Mm. Like you don't you don't go in the AMA Supercross Championship on a KTM as their lead dudes and not win. That's the mentality that, that they're going to start to sort of shift towards, which is interesting. Yeah, absolute winners as a brand. Uh, what else can we talk we about? Just touch on uh, mind games and swag, basically. Remember um, Ken Roxon, Anaheim won the year that he did his armor the, first time. The suit? The suit, the R8. Like, that is huge in itself. You see yeah. that guy there, he's there for business. It's That's a mind game for everybody. And that sort of stuff. Imagine being involved in that every weekend with your teammate. Like and every every day. Every day. Year, yeah. 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 No, it's pretty, yeah, it's definitely intense. Um, but I mean, I'd argue we've seen like when Ken was doing his best, he was that swag dude. It was awesome. And he's not that right now. No. Where I think, yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I definitely think like you need to, you need to have a bit of that. And like, you know, everyone's like, oh, you got to be humble. You got to be this and that. You need to be a dog. When he win. came out and did that and backed it up on track, yeah, that was huge. Yeah, and look at the momentum it got him. Yeah. And un- obviously until he crashed. Mm. Um, what else we got? Um, basically, what else have we got there? A bit more of Osborne. Obviously, his rookie year. That's that's a major thing for him. Uh, yeah, coming through. Yeah, that is huge. Um, yeah, he's probably been in the second half of the year the best rookie. Obviously. Plessinger's out from when he broke his yeah. um broke his heel. Yeah, that's true. Zavachi Zavachi's had um As much as I hate to admit it, Zavachi He's had a good year. Yeah, he's had a decent year. Sit, um sitting back in seventh there and just, just been like a few, don't know that he's ever gonna be better than that. Mm. Just been a few of those sort of I don't know if you'd say like it's like rookie mistakes, obviously in a rookie season, but a couple of the things are very tomackish as well. Like yeah. real, um, just small incidents, and you you sort of think about yeah, just bo- like you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And you know, that's a new new KX this year in the the nineteen model. Um, was a complete redevelopment. Just wondering how much of that was maybe just little things that the geometry might be a bit different to what they've had in the maybe not for Zavatsu because he's on the new bike on the new bike. But mm. just wondering how much of that could be something like that as well. They're still learning that that bike but just think with Eli it's like every year yeah you know like that mistake like he just jumped in the same this weekend Uh, he did the same crash twice and it's like when you're at that top level you shouldn't crash twice in the same part of the track doing the exact same thing like it just it seems ridiculous yeah um yeah so I don't know I don't know if it is the bike I think it's in Eli's head Mm. Um, and I think that, yes, I think with Savachi, like, he's always thought he's better than he is. Mm. Like, even as an amateur, bro, like, even as an amateur, he was, like, looking at Cincerello, like, whoa, fucking, I should be that guy. No, you shouldn't. You're not as fast as him. Yep. You're not that good. And then when he rode at JDR, same thing. He just fully thought he was as good as these other guys. And it's like, and then he, he had like a chip on his shoulder about it. And it's like, no, dude, you're not as good as Tomac. He's mm. beating you because he's better. There's nothing else. There's nothing's handicapping you. Yep. He's better than you. And then I think that a lot of the times, like you see mistakes from him in a way, because it's like, he believes that he is better. And he, like, he's trying to do shit. That's like, it's like, he's, 
writing checks he can't cash in a way. Yep. And I just don't think he trusts in the... I think a lot of that's like insecurities in a way. That mm. it's like, if it's not happening right now, it's not going to happen at all. Mm. Where I think you need to, when you're in that position, like look at Osborne. He did it the right way. Like he went away to Europe. He went out of everyone's view. He slowly built it up. He grinded it out. Like his results were cultivated. Mm. They were earned. And it's like he built that base. I think with Joey, you'll see him get these great starts. And then he's just like, just hammering it out until he crashes yeah. or until he fat, you know? And it's, I think it's that same thing where it's like, he thinks he's better than he is. There's no presence of mind to genuinely build on something because it's not like if you know he's got the talent and he's super fast like monster cup he was crazy fast but it's like he just it's like let it build let it build be there every weekend get some six get some seven it's like it's either he's either getting the start and crashing out or he's crashing and hurting himself and then he's got to come back from that so it's like i don't know i just think with a guy like joey i don't i don't think it's the bike as much as it's just the I've always thought he's just had the wrong attitude towards mm. life in general and racing. It's a tough one. Mm. Vegas last round, we basically spoke of the top top ones. Who's your Who's your pick to actually win the round? Um, it just a, like it depends what each player wants to do. Yeah. So does Eli want to go out? and just put the hammer down and just fucking just smoke everybody and put a bit of an exclamation mark. Not to mention, it's probably about a hundred and something thousand dollars for him to win that race. Mm. So like in terms of your bonuses, if you win a 450 Supergrass main event, you get about a hundred grand uh, from the team slash manufacturer. Then those dudes are probably getting 10 or 15 grand from Oakley. Uh, they're getting money from Alpine Stars. They're getting So you're probably looking at like 150 Gs. So, if second in the series is pretty much like a shoe in, it's over, then why, like, get that 150 grand, get another win, you know, another notch in, in the record books, or do you try and fuck with Coop to the point that you could win the championship? Mm. But it's like, that's like, if, let's say Coop's in 15th. Eli can't be in 15th and then make him crash out of the race and then win the championship from 14th. No. Like, Eli sort of just has to win no matter what. So, I don't know. It's like, it's an interesting one just to see what tact people play and, like, whether there is games that come into it. Does Marv go out there and does he try and smoke everybody? Um, Or does he have some kind of team stuff going on where they're like, look, just give Cooper hand if anything happens we, we need to win this championship um, so I mean if you look at those two dudes then it's like maybe just Ken step up and get his first win mm. because of all the drama that he's not associated with so it's like I don't know maybe that's the weekend that, that Ken wins or maybe Coop just turns out to be the savage of all time and wins the main event mm. so I don't know there's a few things uh, there's a few ways it could play out. And mm. it's just, it's like, it's sort of anticlimactic because it's like almost over. But then at the same time, I think that is quite dramatic in its own right because 
it's like which way are we going to play this like and dude if you're cooped do you even ride this week oh no because do you remember hearing dunge say in the podcast that the wednesday before vegas he had the biggest crash of his life Mm. almost cooked him like so his last championship the week the wednesday before it was his last moto his bike locked up on the up ramp and he had the biggest crash of his life he thought he broke his back and then he was then he ended up winning the championship like if i'm coop i probably don't even ride dude I'd just be fucking drinking beers this week and be like, all right, I'm going to go full Ronnie Mac on this and I'm just going to rock up. I'm going to get in the main and then I'm going to just do a victory lap for the entire main event. It's it's risky. Dude, it I would really not is. be riding, man. I would not be riding. But then you've got like the athlete and the coaches and the blah, blah, blah. They'd all be like, well, you know, you don't want to change any. I'd be like, I'm not changing shit. I'm not changing my socks this week. No. I'm just going to stay in bed put myself in a bubble yeah not get hurt <laughs> go like go to go to vegas qualify qualify through the heat ride around and collect that money mm. so yeah so um yeah it's a almost anticlimactic but yeah it's sort of not i think anytime the championship comes down to vegas as well like i'm sort of glad that it didn't get wrapped up like yeah. I, I want Coop to win. I think he deserves to win. I think it's one of the more remarkable seasons yep. that anybody has put in in a really long time. Um, so I'm sort of I, I want him to win. I'm glad he didn't win it in New York because we still get something to talk about. Um, it's a it's an exciting week, and then it will be exciting just to see how it plays out. We haven't seen something like this in in a long time um, to where it's like the dude only has to get a couple points. So. Uh, it's almost fitting that it is such a different, you know, this is a different ending to the championship than when we've had. And this has been a very dramatic and different series. So. It's been a good season, really solid season, the whole lot. So, yeah, it's good to, yeah, shame to see it finish, actually. But yeah, I know. I'm, I've been enjoying it. Um, but I guess we'll just have to start doing motocross companions instead. Yeah, early mornings in Australia. Yeah, I'm down for it. Um, 250s? Um, yeah. Have you got anything else on the 450 to touch on? Oh, nah. Pretty good. Yeah, I think we're almost almost done, skis. Um, yeah, I'm pretty happy for Chase Sexton. If anyone's going to win this championship, he's a super, super nice dude. You know what's cool? Like, what I was thinking about it, obviously everyone knows that Faulkner, uh, yeah, just couldn't continue. Uh, that ACL is Dunzo Gazimas. Um, but, yeah, what's interesting and, like, what I'm thinking is, like, what does this do for the uh, the Nest camp? Because that's the this is going to be the first championship that's gone to a rider that's at the Nest. Mm. So that's the Ken Roxon, um, Alex Martin, you know, the Grundle camp. Uh, so yeah, it's like I wonder if this is a bit of a motivator, like a little bit of a momentum thing, to where it's like if Chase Sexton wins this championship. Um, you know what does that do for ken what does that do for adam what does that do for Sealy? all these guys that are kind of around that the nest there mm. so i'm interested in that um i'm really bummed for pc to be honest like i'm bummed for austin he's a great dude uh i think he'll win another like i think he'll win next year if it sort of goes to plan um but i'm bummed for pc man like they've it's been a long time between drinks for those guys. Um, there's so much history. There's so much legacy with those guys. And it's just been all Geico and Star these last few years. Um, particularly because Mitch just refuses to pay 
these young amateurs the kind of money that those two teams want to pay which is quite interesting it's probably another topic altogether um but yeah it would have been really cool to see mitch win another title uh, especially with a guy like faulkner um i think that there's crazy not, not crazy implications but i think there's this is now plays a really big role in adam cincerello's 450 career mm. believe it or not so i think that if austin wins this championship Cowie is way lets ac go to honda way easier with Faulkner doing his knee in the way that he has and then losing this championship in a contract year for AC, I think that is going to make Kawasaki want to hang on to him way more. So that's either going to drive his price up with Honda, which uh, Ken was reportedly, it was like a $10 million deal for Ken over three years with Honda. Mm. So that's like huge money. So, and then that hasn't yielded a championship yet. So how much money is Honda willing to throw at AC if Cowie is really trying to keep him for 450s? Mm. So I think that this whole Faulkner thing probably is has more of an impact on AC's future than we're, than we're really thinking right now, which is... And I could be so wrong, but yeah, that to me is like, how I'm thinking about this whole AC thing so it's quite interesting and if AC st- steps up do you think it'll be next year I think so yeah yeah I really think so it'd have to be time, time I wonder right? where he's at with the points I don't think he has pointed out I think that the option would be there to defend the title because he's yeah. just won the title um, but yeah I don't know and especially with like you got to think I mean we've talked about it before with Cooper winning the um 450 title obviously ac spent his entire teenage life waxing coop there's got to be some kind of like weird mentality there um to where he would want to get up there and sort of rub shoulders and try and win that title mm. but it'd be crazy to see ac on anything other than a cowie wouldn't it how long's it been now yeah, yeah forever yeah, yeah. yeah but man what a team that would be ken in fox gear ac and fox gear I mean, I wonder if... Two, two likeable characters. Oh, two of the, well. the likeable. Characters yeah. of the sport. So. Yeah. But it'd be interesting to see... Uh, I don't think Red Bull would take AC on. I think I think that AC is a lifer with, with Monster. With Monster, yep. yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder how that plays out. Um, there's no deal at Honda to where he'd have to drop Monster or anything like that. Um but then, obviously, Monster's association with Cowie. I could see Monster putting in a bunch of money um, to keep AC on Cowie. And then, I think that um, Monster's contract is up with Supercross, too. Yeah, right. And I feel like Red Bull could be wanting to get in on that as well. Yeah, I did read something a while back. I knew it was coming close because they chipped in a lot of money for Tiger Woods and NASCAR as well. Yeah. Well, you know what's crazy, dude? So before I even found out that it was their deal is about to be done, I was like, hmm, that's interesting that they changed that logo. It's not the Monster Energy Supercross Isn't it? in the same logo. Look up the, go to AMA, like the... The actual Supercross page. Yeah, look at the Supercross logo, dude. Looks way more Red Bull. Yeah. So I think that they've spent a year 
rebranding, rebranding it in yep. a way to where it's like they could just slot a, a different sponsor Quick changeover. In. yeah yep. and then it's not such a um, big deal but i think that um they even like the monster girls have been phased out a lot more than what they mm. they don't have as much of a presence um because i think that uh one of the daughters of feld like the, the whole feld group one of the daughters has actually taken over and she's trying to clean up the uh the sport in a way mm-hmm. fucking retarded another sport yeah so did you find the logo yeah i see it yeah you see what i'm saying definitely yeah definitely changed a bit so yeah and then yeah i don't know different access that different companies have had to filming supercross which they've never had before yeah sort of makes me wonder what's going on there Mm. um so i mean then if you take that into play then does monster say monster isn't it's not monster energy supercross anymore then do they have a bunch more money to put into winning the title itself mm. that they haven't won since Villapoto? So they've won, they've got the Monster Energy Supercross that has been won for the last six years by a different manufacturer, uh, by a different energy drink. Yep. So does that sort of change the landscape? If, you know, they take the money out of the title sponsorship mm. and then, because that's the thing with like Red Bull, it's like, why would we sponsor the series when our athletes are dudes sitting on top of the podium? Yep. Um, but yeah, and then like well, the other crazy thing is like with all this CBD stuff, I think CBD is going to be the new energy drink. Yeah, I think so. Like it's sort of, you see evolution of sponsorships over the years. So you look at, you know, tobacco. Yep. Driven the sport massively. Alcohol, tobacco was huge. Then obviously... Uh, energy drinks have yep. promoted our sport huge like they've done wonders with yeah, the sport insane cbd is growing massively yeah like it really is isn't it so yeah just got to pass through some of the other red tape it seems yeah all the bullshit yeah. um but yeah so anyway that's like i guess an mm. interesting little side segue is like the whole ac thing does faulkner not winning this championship mean monster needs to uh wants to keep adam going into next year is adam even going to step up next year the whole honda thing then is monster going to drop off as a series sponsor which would then give them more money to put into a guy like ac so it's all uh it's quite interesting to see where it's going to go super interesting and so many like for adam's case it's such a hard thing you've got Sealy just coming back from injury this year i don't know where he's at ken's obviously signed on um, and then Savachi is only new to Kawasaki this year for the 450. They could clip Savachi so easily. Like, so there would be no the hard feelings there. Is that the spot to go, you know? so Yeah, but, ah, uh, dude, yeah. It's, that's a, I think that's one of, like, the biggest signings of recent memory. Like, the whole AC thing, especially... Uh, with him winning this West Coast Championship, looking the way that he does, I think he's going to ride a 450 really well. Yep. Um, he's coming into that right age to sort of do it. Hasn't been like a rushed transition. Whereas like you look at a dude like Cooper, it's like he wins his three titles and then he goes up and he has two shit years mm. and then wins his title. It's almost like AC's had the, that extra, the two shit years have been in the 250 class. And then he's been out of C himself on the other side of those shit years still in the 250 class mm. whereas Coop had to grow up essentially Coop had to become a man in the big boy class 
Whereas it seems like Adam has had a chance to become a man in the little boys class and really figure it out. Yeah, he has. So sure. yeah, that's um, that's definitely that's what's got me like super intrigued going into next year. Yeah, definitely that. And then obviously we've got outdoors. Yeah, I know. Which no one cares about until we start doing super motocross companions, and then I'm going to get super into it. I can't wait for it, and it's good to see Jason Anderson back out on the bike, and that it's going to be good season yeah it will be all right we'll wrap it up mate you've got to go i got more work to do get this up online uh thanks again to the guys at nobby underwear nobby.com.au uh the guys at boost boost boost.com.au uh you can go get your merch get get one of these um that's on our instagram you can follow our instagram and subscribe to our youtube please uh and yeah if you are in the brisbane sunshine coast gold coast area this week uh this weekend please come to the blue water bar and grill in hope island we are going to be sending it for a massive sunday sesh a live podcast featuring myself sam moore and jackson richardson uh two-time supercross champion just throwing that in for good measure uh an absolute mad dog uh will be there uh, having a couple of beers afterwards as well watching the race uh it'll go on youtube but it'll be better if you're there in person uh so if you can be there you should be there um i'm really looking forward to it it's gonna be a cool cool change of scenery uh and doing it with some of my best mates so um mick thank you very much no worries uh, just a shout out it's yeah. public, public holiday on the monday so oh so we can get lit we can have a really good one yep. we can get lit mm. all right so yeah that's even better what's the public holiday for Oh, May Day? Yeah. Would be May Day. Yeah, Labor Day, May Day. Yeah, yeah one yeah. of those. Righto. So, yeah, cool. thank you for tuning in uh, to this edition of the Supercross Companion. Uh, we will see you all at the Blue Water Bar and Grill for the Vegas Live Supercross Companion. Peace. Cheers.